Welcome to this podcast from the Vessel Collective Church here in the heart of Texas. Our mission is to be vessels of the living Christ, set apart for His purpose and His kingdom. We thank you for sharing in this message here today. Hello, Vessel Collective Church, and welcome to Church at Home Week 7. And I have the joy and privilege of being joined by the wonderful, beautiful, talented, and gifted Shay Toman, my bride. So thank you, Shay, for being a part of this today, and I'm really excited that we get to teach together. Yeah, and you know, um, our family got the opportunity to come to Colorado this week, and uh, as we heard just a minute ago from all of our ministry partners, this idea of unity and togetherness is the theme for this morning, and so what better way for Jake and I to join together to to teach together and to share with you um, the scripture and what God has to say about togetherness and about unity. Yeah, amen. Before we jump in, I want to share a couple of kind of house housekeeping type things. The first, as Shay mentioned, you saw the video of our ministry partners right up front. Uh, at the Vessel, every fourth Sunday, we have an official tithe and offering, a time during the service that we pass plates and we take time to pray for and thank God for his provision for our lives and for our church and you'll notice that this isn't the fourth Sunday because I forgot to do that last week. So this is a bit of a makeup for my uh, my forgetfulness for last times, week. That's right? right. It's crazy times. And it worked out perfect with our ministry partner. So um, you're going to see uh, in the description or in the comment box, we're going to put a link to how you can give. If you go to our website, vessel.church backslash give, it's got all the ways that you can give. You can also give from your mobile device. And at the very end of service, we're going to put that up as well. But I'm going to take some time before we begin to thank God for providing for our church and to bless our, our tithes and offerings as we give to the Lord and to his kingdom. So if you would pray with me, and we're going to ask this blessing on that. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much uh, for you being our provider, Lord, that in really scary and uncertain times, um, we know that we stand firm with you. And so I just praise you and thank you for that, Lord. And I, I pray that um, you just continue to provide for us and continue to provide for our church. I pray that you empower the leadership of our church to be really good stewards of that, that we can put that towards kingdom purpose and kingdom value. And I thank you for every one of those ministry partners that we have the honor and privilege of partnering with. And I just thank you for them, Lord, uh, and for their partnership. God, thank you for your blessing in our church and for blessing our lives. We pray these things in your name. Amen. The other housekeeping uh, item that I wanted to give you a heads up about is we released a video earlier in this week on our YouTube channel and put it up on Facebook. But if you haven't seen it yet, I encourage you to take a look at that. We'll, we'll put it up on our website as well. But it basically is giving an update to what we are doing at the Vessel in regards to the state of Texas opening back up as that happened officially uh, Friday of this week as uh, Texas began to open back up and permit people to be, uh, begin to gather some businesses to open under certain stipulations and that included churches. And so uh, long story short is that we are going to be patient and we are waiting for the right time to do that. And Church at Home has gone so great and we're so thankful for you participating, watching live on Facebook and sharing and commenting and inviting people. It has really, I've been blown away with just how well this has gone. And we feel like we're very unified right now as a church and that there's no need for us to be in a rush to get back together on Sunday morning. But we're talking to YMCA, we're in coordination with other churches in our community, and our board is meeting and praying uh, faithfully to, 
to seek the Lord's wisdom and discernment about when that's supposed to happen. So uh, we're going to continue to update you every couple of weeks of when that's happening. I'm so excited for when it does, but in the meantime, I'm grateful for technology. So as Shay mentioned, uh, we've been in a series called The First Days, and this week we're talking about togetherness and this idea of being together. And last week we were at the beginning of Acts chapter 2, and so today we're going to be at the end of Acts chapter 2. So um, if you would open up your Bibles with me, we're going to have the verses on the screen as well. And I'm going, to be, I'm going to be reading out of Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, and we're going to dive in. And just another little caveat, as you can see, we have wind and we have nature around us. We are not in Gary's controlled environment of a home. So if our microphone is picking up wind or a bird is chirping, there was a bird in this tree behind me and earlier. I'm going to be fidgeting with my hair, yeah. clearly, quite a bit. Yeah. So just a little grace in that. <laughs> so uh, let me read Acts chapter 2. Let Begin. me read. I'll okay. Yeah. All right. Shay, shall read. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. And so it, it, it's like this kind of kumbaya moment in Acts <laughs> chapter 2. And I love this scripture. And uh, ACF, where we came from, used this a lot to talk about small groups and our gatherings and homes. And, and this is a wonderful and beautiful scripture that really tells the heart of the beginning of the church. And so as we dive in, we're going to look at a few things uh, as we look at the first days of the church in the context of the vessel and what the Lord is doing in and through our church. And if we're patterning our church after this, uh, there's some really good truth here for us. And so we're just going to go through about four things, and we're going to have a little bit of response time at the end that I'm excited about. That'll be really mm -hmm. good. So the first thing that we notice here um, is in this scripture is that they were devoted. Being the, meaning the apostles. The apostles were devoted. Uh, verse 42 says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And their numbers have grown at this point. They're beyond the 120. They're over 3,000 people now that uh, are, are part of this early birth of this church. And so uh, it's really important to see here in the beginning of how devoted they are. And I think it's, uh, as we look at that word devoted there in scripture, I want to read uh, the King James version, as you know, I always love to do, because I think it describes more accurately what it means to be devoted. And so uh, the King James version says this, it says, they continued steadfastly that they continued steadfastly to those four things. And the definition there is to literally, I can't see that little bit of a glare. Thank you. Uh, the definition of that word devoted uh, in your translation says to be steadfastly attentive unto, to give unremitting care to a thing. And it's this idea, because I feel like devotion, like when we think about devotion, it feels like a one-time thing, like I'm devoting myself to this, something. But the, the language of the scripture says it's this continuous process that their devotion isn't a singular decision. It's a moment-by-moment, -moment, everyday decision. And scripture says that we lay down our life and take up our cross daily. And so their devotion is this continual process. And I, I think... Kind of like a marriage, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a marriage is a great way to think and look at it, is that you stand up on the altar, you see your beautiful bride walking down, you're awestruck, you have hearts in your eyes, and birds are flying. I mean, it's just perfect. 
and you say your vows and you say things like uh, you say in sickness and and health for better, better or worse. Right. Till death till do death us part. Death part. Yes. And it's this moment of devotion. But if we're being really honest, there's no devotion in that moment. You're <laughs> in love and you're in the moment. And it's easy to be devoted on your wedding day. But in a marriage, what devotion is, is it's a continual process of committing to that person, not on your wedding day, not on holidays or vacations or date nights, which all of those things are important. I mean, we're in Colorado and we're obviously in love, but it's the process of being devoted in the hard times, uh, being devoted when things are difficult, when there's stress and strife, when, when issues with kids, issues with finances, that that's where devotion in a marriage is really tested. And that's really where we see the, the lack of devotion in marriages, people that aren't committed to one another uh, in, in biblical terms. You know, Jake and I, we are on year 15. So our anniversary is in March and um, we just celebrated 14 years of marriage. And it feels like we're kind of in the middle of this process, hopefully. Um, we're not at the beginning, just getting married where things are exciting and you're discovering new things about one another daily and you're trying to learn how to live with each other. And it's an adventure. Um, but we're not also at the end of our lives where we've gotten into routines and maybe there's some steadiness and some peace. Um, we're somewhere in the middle of that. It's definitely in this context of a continual process. Jake and I are in this continual process of marriage where we are learning things about ourselves, but they are maybe coming from trial and error and over time, they're just things that we've learned by um, noticing things over time about one another or having the same argument over and over and over again. And, and so um, this idea is just that it's continuous. We're not meant to stop because we haven't met the end of the road. And so this week in particular, Jake and I reflected on this as we've both noticed one another struggling in different ways as we're trying to do life here. Um, I'm doing school and Jake has got all these phone calls and um, Jake noticed that I was struggling and without really telling me until later, he just said, you know, he prayed for me because he could see that I needed some help. And in return, I went to bed that night feeling grateful that he cared enough about me to care for my well-being and to pray for me. And, and, and so the next day I was able to return the favor because I saw the same things in Jake. And it was just this little example of us doing things to help one another in this continuous devotion and in this continuous process of marriage. Yeah, and I think like what she's talking about is like that, that next day, I just, you know, I was just struggling, feeling blue, I guess. Um, and I was on my phone a lot and I was really distracted. I was really unengaged. And so early in our marriage, that might have caused a reaction out of Shay to say, <laughs> you're not helping or you're not, you know, but we're at the place where she didn't feel that way. She didn't feel slighted. She didn't feel it was a, a, a transgression against her. She saw me hurting and she loved. And and I say that to say that this devotion that these apostles and, they, and these disciples in this early church is talking about is that, is that everyday in and out continuous process 
So I think, uh, and they talk about they're devoted to four on four things, and I can't skip past this. We won't spend very much, very long on each one of these, but it says they're committed to these four things. The first one, it says the apostles' teaching, which is literally what we're doing right now. We are opening the Word of God. We are teaching. We are talking. We are um, exploring Scripture. We're talking about our own experiences. So it says they were committed to that. Um, the second thing it says is fellowship. And that is really what has been missing during all this church at home. And this is great. It's great to connect with you. It's great to see comments, but it's not the same. It's not the same as being together, being able to touch and hug you and laugh with you and go to lunch and, and uh, do life together, to pray together, to take communion together. And that is missing. And, and I, that's not taken lightly. That's a very significant thing, fellowshipping. Third thing they say is breaking of bread, which is, it kind of has dual meanings here. Uh, the idea of actually having a meal together and breaking bread, which we see later in scripture they do. But the real scripture, what scripture is really talking about here is communion. And it's those, those things that are rituals that we do, those practices as Christ followers that we do together. And if we, you remember, as part of this church at home, we're still trying to do those things. So we had a Sunday where we took communion and we said just gather whatever elements you have in your own home and we were able to do that together now it wasn't the same but it was still special yeah. and it was still something that we did together yeah um, so apostles teaching <laughs> fellowship breaking of bread and the last thing is prayer and um that is really important here to note that it's talking about corporate prayer. Mm -hmm. You should pray individually, but the Lord wants you to gather and pray together as well. Uh, I'm a person who doesn't willingly like to do that. Um, I'm not this extroverted person like my husband over here. I tend to want to talk to the Lord by myself. Uh, but over time, I've realized the importance of corporate gathering and prayer. And even though it's not necessarily gotten easier or more delightful, um, I've been able to see the benefits and blessings of it. So just know that it's okay if it's not something that you are overjoyed about. But also know that the Lord's asking you to do it. There are benefits and there's power in doing it with other people. And there's life in it. I, I think, you know, like we got, we, we were on the prayer call with the prayer team, I think a couple of weeks ago, and you just shared afterwards about how encouraging it was. And you did a <clears throat> devotional for the student ministry this week uh, about creation that came out of that prayer time. So there's fruit in it, even for you, even though it pushes your comfort zones, there's fruit in it. So first and foremost, we see the disciples and this early church, uh, the first stage of this church is that they were devoted. The second thing that's really important to point out here and we want to talk about for a little bit is that not only were they devoted, but they were family. Second point is that they were family. In verse 44, it says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Yeah, so essentially it's saying that they functioned <clears throat> like a family. They shared meals together. They helped one another. If they saw a need, they sold possessions so that they could meet the needs of those people. They worshiped together. They functioned like a family. And, you know, I think we do this really well at our church. I think that we love one another well. And I've really been struck by that during this season as I have 
found joy in watching people's names pop up on the screen as they join in on our messages. As I have laughed at all the harassment toward Jake, <laughs> uh, the shenanigans that, um, you know, Gary is doing behind Next the week, scenes. we're going to be talking about honoring and honoring your pastor. <laughs> so I want you to tune in. But nonetheless, I feel like you all, you all have come together on Sunday mornings and it's been a reflection of this concept that we function like a family. And when you think of your family, you think of how lo you love them and how you would do anything for them. Uh, this week, as we're in Colorado, we've had a bit of a problem with chapped lips. Yeah. We just can't seem to overcome them as much as we tell the kids to stop licking, stop rubbing, you know, be preventative and and put chapstick on, it just has not been something we've been able to maintain. And so, um, as a result, I have pulled out my favorite chapstick and have shared it with the kids because it's like magic, and I know that it will help them, right? And so, it was just this other example like, okay, normally I wouldn't do this, but there is a great need here for my kids, and I love them, and I want them to overcome this problem. And sharing chapstick is the opposite <laughs> of social distancing. I mean, that that's is right. the complete opposite of that's sharing right. chapstick. That's so, right. But you can if you're family, right? That's true. Exactly. And that's not what scripture is saying here. It's for us to share chapstick on Sunday morning. So right. don't worry. You're off the hook. <laughs> but this idea of this familial context that they're talking about, yeah, I think if we're honest with ourselves, that it really pushes our uncomfortabilities of the Christian culture and the Christian context that we know it. Mm -hmm. This idea, when it starts saying things like uh, they were all together, they had everything in common, they sold property, possessions, gave to anyone, that this pushes on our comfort zones, that, that we are people of power, we are people of possession, we are people that are, are that watch out for ourselves and, and put ourselves first at the, at the sacrifice of others. And it's, it's part of the brokenness of, of human nature. And, but you think about your own, you know, in the con like Shay's talking about kids, like you think about your own children and you wouldn't hesitate to sell a possession to help your child if they were in need. If you had a brother that was, that needed to stay with you, you wouldn't bat an eye to open your home and inviting them in. And so this idea that these apostles saw them themselves that way was really significant. And at the vessel, that's what we're called to do. We're called to be family and family is ugly. I mean, it's good and beautiful, but it's ugly. And so, um, it, and it's dirty. I don't mean ugly in a negative sense. I just mean uh, it's, it, it's dirty. And, and in our Christian suburban culture, uh, that pushes against all of our stuff. And so um, that's really important to see that they saw themselves as family. So not only were they devoted, not only were they family, but the third thing that we see here in Scripture that really stands out is that they were joyful. And so uh, in, in, verse, um, in verse 46 here, I'm asking Shay to read from her translation of the Bible because it really casts this vision and idea of joy really well. And it's funny because I tease her about this scripture because yes. she reads from the New Living Translation and I tease her that it's like the teenage version, but it's beautiful. And so um, listen to what the scripture says about uh, them being joyful. It says they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, 
all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. So it's not just talking about that they worship. It's not just talking about that they enjoy the Lord's Supper or that they share their meals or share their possessions. They're saying that all the while they are praising God and enjoying the company of people around them. They are joyful about the opportunity to praise the Lord and they're joyful about the people that they get to do this with. And that's so important for us to hear because it's great joy. It's something that's coming from within. It's something that's coming from the Lord. They're not remorseful that they're giving away their items. They're not remorseful. It's not this begrudging, taking, like <laughs> sacrificial, and it is sacrifice. But there's difference when you do it begrudgingly or do it with joy. And I think the, the truth is, is that church should be fun. And I think, like Shay said about the idea of us being a family and then what we see here in Scripture, I think we do this really well. Uh, we do this very well as well, is that we're a joyful bunch. And church should be fun. I mean, if we ever get to the place that being a church, I'm not talking about gathering on Sunday mornings. I'm not talking about going to small group. I'm talking about us being the body of Christ together. And if that ever gets to a place where it's a burden on us, that we are doing it wrong. And I think that having fun and being joyful and all those things is really important. And so I want you to know that uh, joy doesn't mean that things are easy. Like it doesn't say that this was easy for them. No. It doesn't say that they didn't have hardships or trials. And and I think that we mistake happiness with joy. And happiness is our desire to, to remove everything that, that is pain in our life so that things are easy and we're happy. And that's not what they're talking about here. They're talking about joy. And it's about being together and serving together. And even when we're serving, uh, and I'm looking at you, load in, load out team. If you're a part of Lilo, you better get ready because <laughs> you've had seven weeks off. But like when we gather on, on Sunday mornings at 7.30 and everyone's tired and it's the end of the weekend, to do that with joy and, and to come to church, not begrudgingly, but to be there and, and be joyful with one another. And so these guys, they didn't have it easy, but they still had joy. And scripture talks a lot about this. And, and it said in James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kind. Even in their trials and their difficulty, they had joy. I mean, these guys, these disciples, they gave their life. They gave their life for Christ and for the sake of Jesus Christ and for the advancement of the gospel. It was hard, much harder than any of us have. I mean, we, we've got a missionary that, that was up front, and you notice that their name, nor their face, nor their location wasn't shown because this person is in a very dangerous part of the world. But we're sitting here in Colorado and in Austin, Texas, and we have it good. And still we struggle with joy. The psalm says this. It says that this is the day that the Lord has made to let us rejoice. Let us have joy and be glad in it. I mean, even th today that we get to be here and be together and gather online, it is a gift. And we should wake up and say, thank you, Lord. I, I have joy in my heart because today was created by you with purpose and with value. And then in John chapter 16, Jesus, Jesus even says, this is on Jesus. I've been saying Jesus a lot lately. She teases me about it. So I saw her eyes. She looked at me for my Jesus. So Jesus even says uh, in John 16, right before his, his death and crucifixion, he so says, With you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. And so uh, 
you know, joy is a part of it. And to be a church is we should have fun and we should enjoy every moment that we get together online or be together or have a relationship with another or serve the Lord. And it's this idea of like when we come to church and we worship, it is this time of joy. And it's funny because you see, especially not so much of the vessel, we're pretty informal and there's a lot of freedom at the vessel for you if you want to sing out loud and hands in the air, if you want to dance or if you want to be quiet. But there's lots of places that you go where worship is like this very solemn, quiet. And like you sing songs like, you know, your love never fails and never gives up, never That's runs beautiful. out. Right. It's like this like it's like this melancholy, like you're singing about the Lord's Jesus love never failing for you, like to have joy. And that's what I say. It's like if you went to a child's birthday party, if you went to a five-year-old's birthday party and you're singing them happy birthday and everybody's like, happy birthday. Like you sing with joy because you're celebrating that person, which is exactly what we do with, in Jesus Christ every single day. And the last thing is this, and we're going to kind of close out with this and move on to a little bit of response time. But not only were they devoted, uh, not only do we learn that they were family, not only were they joyful, and the last thing is, is that they were grown. Verse 47 says this. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And that is God's call on the vessel for 2020, is that we began this year with this idea of flourishing and, and believing and praying and seeking the Lord for the vessel, Vessel Collective Church, to flourish in 2020. And I'm telling you, uh, it's happening. I mean, even despite us not even being able to be together, we're seeing flourishing in our lives. We're seeing the Lord add to our number. It's been really interesting and really sweet to see that people from afar are getting to tune into our messages on Sunday morning. That is adding to our numbers. People who have visited our church, who are relatives, who um, are just people who are interested, but maybe live in a different time zones, missionaries. I mean, it's been really fascinating and just amazing to see the people that have been able to join with us just because of our circumstances. Yeah, for sure. And so at, at the, the beginning of this year, like I had this kind of uh, spiritual and physical like parallels in my life with, with when we were talking about coming into 2020 and flourishing. And so at the beginning of 2020, we, we felt like God's calling the vessel to flourish. And that's our word for the year to flourish. And then at the same time, I randomly started a garden and I did not start a garden uh, because of quarantined and, and being sick and stuck at home, which many of you did. I started at the beginning of January, right in parallel with this time. And, you know, he told me he wanted to start this garden. And I am thinking in my mind, okay, my husband is a great starter, but not a great finisher. This could go really, really bad. And so I discouraged it. I really was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm not helping. Yeah. And I think that that just added fuel to his motivation. See how devoted she was to me in that moment and support? Yes, I knew what needed to happen. Anyway, surprisingly, he was steadfast and he kept at surprisingly, it. Surprisingly, I was steadfast? Oh, that crushes me. <laughs> he finished it. That's yeah. really what I'm saying. Yeah. Surprisingly, he finished it. But this thing that I thought was going to drag on ended up really becoming a beautiful thing for our family because then we roll into this isolation period of time and the garden has been our lifeline. 
it's been something that's bonded our family together and it's really represented our church honestly yeah. because it started off with babies yeah. baby plants and seeds and over time we've gotten to see things grow and you know my husband who's likes things quickly and he's impulsive he didn't see growth happen as fast as he wanted it to so he just went out and bought more plants and then he'd see a little hole and he'd put some more seeds here until he filled the garden but he noticed that if he was patient and if he waited that there was new development every day if he looked closely yeah it, it wasn't big but there were details that were there to show evidence of growth and when shay talks about it being our lifeline obviously we were able to have groceries and we weren't feeding ourselves out of this garden but it became this really bonding place for our family is that we would go out and we would look at the garden we would talk about it, the kids are really involved and it became very symbolic of our church and i want you to know how grateful i am because as lovingly and diligently as I worked in that garden, it's been the same uh, for this church. And I've been so grateful to watch God flourish us during this time. And so um, as we close, what we want to do is we want to exercise one of these devotions right now. Um, if you remember in the beginning, we said that, that they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, breaking of bread, and the prayer. And so what we're going to do to close is we're going to have a time of prayer. And so we're asking you to participate with us in this. And so what's going to happen is we're going to cut the video or put the logo up or something, and we're going to give you about three minutes. And we want you right where you are right now to spend some time in prayer and pray for our church. Pray for the vessel. Pray for those missionaries. Pray for what the Lord is doing. Pray that God's is being known during this time. And, and just as we break, I'm going to open us in prayer and, and then we'll just fade to, to this time. And I'm going to give you about three minutes and just and let the Lord impress whatever that is in your heart. And if you're there alone, then pray by yourself. But if you're there with your family or your spouse or whoever. Huddle together. Yeah, Grab pray your kids. Together. So let's, let's pray. Pray in front of them and show them what it looks like to pray together. Yeah. All right. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we love you and we thank you so much for your son. God, we thank you that we get to be a family, God, that there's something worth devoting our lives towards, and that's your kingdom, Jesus. God, we thank you that it is full of joy and fun and wonder and excitement, and we thank you, God, that you are growing us right here, right now. So I just, God, be with us during this time. So as we close, um, we're going to close with the Lord's Prayer out of Matthew chapter 6. And the, the words are going to be on your screen. And so I want you to pray with us out loud as we do this. And so Shay and I are going to read. The, the scripture is going to be up. Thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you for praying with us. Our, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning for our service. We are publishing content throughout the week for Church at Home, 
through our social media and website. For more information, visit www.vessel.church.